The Press Start Podcast is brought to you by the awe-inspiring live-action series Halo, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. And Brody. Hello. Brody, I saw on Twitter this week that you're pretty excited to see Hyperlight Drifter getting a 3D sequel. Um, how long ago was it that Hyperlight Drifter came out again now? I feel like that wasn't I want to say... Oh, no, I want to say 2014, 2015. Oh, okay, it was a while ago. Jeez, time flies. Yeah. Do, do you think um, moving into 3D is going to work quite well for it? Well, I think they'll get the movement and all that sort of stuff right for uh, 3D. They obviously did Solar Ash at the end of last year, and that was um, that was very good as far as um, you know movement and uh, that sort of thing goes. It's, it's going to be a matter of whether like the, the combat sort of translates, because it was very uh, twitch and very... Uh, I guess Dark Souls before Dark Souls was a subgenre, I guess. So, um, yeah, so that'll be the most interesting thing. I think they'll translate pretty well. It's just hopefully they nail the combat. Yeah, it's one I've been meaning to give a go. I think I've confused Solar Ash with Hyperlight Drifter. Like, Hyperlight Drifter's got, like, the kind of very, like, pixel kind of aesthetic, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah and it's isometric and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and Solar Ash I've been meaning to give a go as well. That's still too many games to play, and Elden Ring suddenly at my time now that I've sunk some serious hours into that. Uh, Shannon, I feel like it was only yesterday as well that we were discussing one of Remedy's many games that they have in the works, and they announced another one, or another two, I guess, really, whilst they're at it today, um, announcing that they're remaking the original Max Payne and its sequel um, for the next-gen consoles and PC. Is this one you're particularly excited about? It is, as obviously, like, Remedy hasn't put a bad game out except for Crossfire, which we won't talk about, and obviously Rockstar makes some of the best games in history. So, yeah, I feel like this is obviously one of those gaming relics that we obviously need. I don't know if we needed it, but I think I feel like it'll be good to, to open it up to a new generation and watching some gameplay again before, like, it looked blocky and could obviously use a remake so that's exciting and i think it's cool mm. that they're merging the two to sort of create one triple a game again i don't know a lot about max Payne, but i think that's a cool concept that'll obviously work well and i guess that lends well to the thought that like they're thinking about this as a new experience and not just remaking it and pushing it out there in the exact same way is max Payne a series you have any affinity with brody a little bit. I played the first one um, a bit uh, on, obviously, PS2, I think it was at the time, and I even played, like, the Game Boy Advance version a little bit, which was really good. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they go with this, because, I mean, I feel like they're leaning on, like, the comic book noir sort of style was due to a restriction in their ability to, like, develop cutscenes and stuff, but now that they're sort of past that, I wonder if they'll sort of move past, like, that gimmick and sort of open it up and make it a bit more cinematic which i feel like might have it lose some of its flair a little bit and some of its identity but either way i'm pretty excited to see where they go with this it'd be interesting to see how they skin the character because i mean between one and two he looks completely different like he looks like sam lake in one and then some other dude in number two and then (laughs) looks like someone else entirely in number three so they could just make him look like matt damon from the not matt damon what's his name mark Wahlberg from the movie so uh if you are keen on a Mark Warburg skin, uh, tweet at me, and then I'll tweet at the, the team and we'll make it happen, hey? 
on the theme of new game announcements as well, we also had Return to Monkey Island announced too. Um, again, another one that's kind of like a bit before my time, but Shannon, is this one that you've got any experience with or can you understand why people are excited for it? Um, it's always been a game that like I've, I've heard of and I feel like it is one of the most like popular, older game titles outside of like Mario and such but i feel like the first like a classic adventure game yeah too, exactly right? i think it was it must have been a bit before my time but i feel like the first point and click game i remember playing was like day of the tentacle and i feel like this was before that but i could be way off with that but yes a lot of excitement like i think we posted this one really late in the day and like it was still probably the, the, the biggest story that we posted this week a lot of love for it a lot of nostalgia yeah it's cool that like I, I don't know. I feel like there's so many games being made now that we get like a lot of um, these kind of beloved series is sort of been returned to. And it's kind of cool that that's been such a trend recently. I know we've had discussions in the past about it being perhaps been overdone, but then they go make a Crash Bandicoot game and I'm all for it. So I guess it just depends on if uh, the particular game being announced is speaking to you in any capacity. I think I think um, it's cool that it's a sequel too. They're not just like redoing the games, whatever yeah, reason. True. Like, I, I'm glad they're going back to it and giving those fans something new. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whilst we just stick on the topic of new games a little bit longer, and we've got more to discuss later in the show, but have either of you played any Lego Star Wars or Skywalker Saga yet? It's one I'm itching to get my hands on, but haven't yet had the opportunity. I have. I've played a few hours of The Force Awakens. I, I chose to start with, and in hindsight, that probably wasn't the best one to start with just because Ray doesn't really start with a lightsaber and it's not very action focused early on but i'm enjoying it it's a nice change of pace from elden ring and horizon and all the open world games we've been talking about although you can easily sink a lot of hours exploring like the open world areas in this for sure too but you can also just mainline it if you want is the new camera angle doing anything for you as well yeah like it it feels like a lego game but i guess artistically it feels like a lego game but then it also if you if someone picked up controller and played this, like they'd easily believe that it's not a Lego game. Like it feels like a, just a classic action adventure game, which I like. It doesn't feel like it's being restrained just because it's a Lego game. Restrained because it's a Lego game, which I really like. I think it's a good change changing up the camera angle. It makes it a lot more cinematic and less arcadey. Yeah, can you see yourself giving it a go, Brody? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm I've been keen on this for uh, I think what the. 10 to 12 years that it's been announced and we've been waiting for it <laughs> so um yeah very keen i'm glad that they've like bundled all the movies into one big mm. package i feel like there's a lot of value there so uh, oh my God, yeah. definitely keen to give it a crack yeah um and if you're keen to look out uh, yeah uh, i was just i was just having a look at it as well it's it, it, the complete saga came out in 2007 that's, that's crazy insane years, uh, it doesn't yeah. yeah it doesn't feel like it was that long ago but oh my god it really was um i was gonna say though if you're keen to uh see any more about the game and read our review do go and check out adam's review on the website that is all live as well as a bunch of star wars the skywalker saga content too so you can find plenty more of it there but for now let's crack on with the rest of the show and some of the bigger topics that we've got to discuss today kicking off with e3 not happening this year um, Shannon, I'm going to come back your way. I feel like the writing for this has been on the wall for a while. Uh, but now that it is kind of official that it's not happening, I guess we don't know what's happening in future years yet. But what are your thoughts and feelings on E3 not happening this year? Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Like, I'd, uh, I guess a lot of the world appears to be going back to normal. So, in 
on one hand, I'm not surprised at all. But on the other hand, like, I can't really see a reason from E3's point of view why they wouldn't be able to hold some kind of physical event in June if they really wanted to. So I have to feel it was a combination of like, obviously COVID, but then I think publishers not wanting or not coming to the party for whatever reason. I don't know if that is just because of like COVID hesitation or them not having anything to show in June or them just wanting to do their own thing. Like, I don't know the exact reason, but yeah, you have to sort of wonder like if it's the end of E3 as we know it. Yeah, it's interesting, the, like, COVID angle. Because I hadn't, weirdly, I hadn't considered that. Like, because I guess, like, we've just had GDC and, like, PAX yeah, is happening I mean. this year. Yeah. Um, I kind of just assumed that, that like, we were just going to be okay with events now. But maybe that is still a bit of a lingering issue. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what might happen in the way of, like, that big sort of E3 um, mid-year event. Because I do, I do still really like the concept of E3, like, this kind of one big kind of Super Bowl like moment for video games and certainly like as an aspiring kind of video game journalist like I was like always excited about one day going um and I feel like those days might well be behind us I think I think those times like even the last few E3s that I went to like it definitely wasn't that it was still a big thing but it wasn't the spectacle that we knew of like five to ten years ago even prior to COVID and um I've lost my train of thought now but yeah I I was gonna say what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, like, be- as I tweeted th- this week, sort of, I think people think of E3 as like the press conferences. And I, I think that that, so basically when you go to E3, the first like four days are press conferences, which are put on by publishers in totally different places. Like you might have to get from one to the next that are an hour apart from mm. each other. So like people think of that as E3 and like, obviously that was part of E3, but that technically was not E3. Like E3 is like the three yeah. day convention that happens after all of those press conferences where some people have their games and you're chatting to developers and that kind of thing so i don't obviously it might change this year because of covid but i think if e3 just ended and it wasn't covid times like i still think we would see all of those press conferences in the same way happen in that june period because that is just a good time for them to have announcements for christmas right like june is like Mm. three or four months before the big games start coming out and that's just a natural time for them to start announcing and hyping up those games anyway. So hopefully, I think this year might we might see like a few publishers not do anything, but I think for the most part, we should hopefully still see Xbox and Nintendo and PlayStation come to the party with things. And hope I think they'll stick to those times because it works, right? Yeah, yeah. Brady, what about yourself? Like, do you think you can see three kind of as it's been known in the past ever kind of coming back or what would you like to replace it? Or do you think like as Shannon says that we'll likely kind of see publishers doing things mid-year anyway? Yeah, I think especially over COVID, it became more and more common for, you know, big publishers to set up their own things. Like you had Ubisoft Forward and you had uh, Square's square presents i think it was and even xbox have always had their thing playstation do their state of plays and their uh, game showcases so i i think it probably is a, a maybe a, a part of it is maybe they're not going to the party for e3 and not wanting to do like lug shit across the country or across the world to get to this thing uh, mm. especially in the times that we're probably still in uh obviously hopefully at the tail end of but we're still there still um as for what sort of fills that void i, I mean I, you've still got summer games fest which i think um people have been more uh accommodating of because a lot of it has been handled digitally um which i think is appealing for people so um 
That said, they still could have done it at E3 digitally somehow, but I don't know. Maybe the shit has just sailed on that. It's also like, I don't even know what the digital E3 was in the last two years. Like, I think I signed up for media last year. Like, yeah. what, what even was that? I don't, I don't even know what the digital part of it was. Yeah. So, as far as filling the void goes, I think it'll be a combination of, you know, like all those big publishers bringing their own uh, showcases across and then, you know, whatever Keely pulls together for Summer Games Fest. Like, I think that's still... Uh, gives us a good month or two of intrigue and, you know, big announcements that we're sort of all hungry for in that middle part of the year when nothing's happening. Mm. Yeah. Shannon, you were sort of saying just before we started recording as well that you feel like we've kind of entered a bit of a dry spell in terms of new game releases. Do you see that kind of like changing, like, I guess like our radars kind of like repopulating again come mid-year? Are you expecting a lot of new game announcements? Well, that, I guess, yeah, as I was saying, like, the last like not the last like six weeks has been so full of stuff. Like we had Kirby Eldering, all these games releasing on the same days. And now when you look at like April, May, mm. June, like there's one or two games that won't even be for everyone. And now I guess when you take E three out of that, it's like well, you kinda hope that E three is there. Otherwise I don't know what's gonna hype us up for the rest of the year. And like I, I do suspect there are some games like planned for that time frame but i think people are getting bullish about announcing dates still Mm. but yeah i guess without that concrete week or two where we can expect announcements like the next three or three or four months could be very quiet if we don't have an e3 like event with announcements I'm going to need all that time to play Elden Ring anyhow at the rate that I'm going with it. I know, I know. As a gamer, I'm happy, but as someone who needs to have people coming to the website every day, I'm I'm scared. This episode of the Press Start Podcast is once again brought to you by the original live-action series Halo, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. In case you've missed it, the show is based on the epic game series we know and love, following Master Chief, defending humanity from the Covenant, whilst unlocking dark secrets from his past. Episode 3 is available to stream now, and Brody, you and I just finished the episode only moments ago. I continue to really be enjoying the series so far, and was particularly stoked to see Katana play a big role in this episode. What did you enjoy, enjoy about the most recent episode, episode number three? Yes, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm enjoying it a lot so far as well. Um, I think what, I, I started the first two episodes and I wasn't really sure about the whole uh, human villain sort of within the ranks of the Covenant thing. Yeah. But I think the way they're playing it now, um, as like the, she's like the other side of the coin to John, like they're both, um, you know, kids that are, come from war-torn uh, sort of, parts of the galaxy or universe i guess as shown by like the first part of this episode the third episode which sort of shows how she came up and was brought into the covenant um i think it makes her a bit more fascinating of a villain and Mm. i think she even like gives us probably one of the first real examples of like horror in this uh in this series so far Mm. when she uh sort of boards that unsc ship and like she has all like these worm tentacle things that sort of trail her like it's a weird power I, i don't think they explained it really. I'd, no. Like, I thought at first it was the flood, and I was like, oh, is that the flood? And I was like, oh, I guess it's not the flood. It's just this weird parasite uh, power that she has. I don't even know if it's a subsect of the Covenant. Yeah. I'm, uh, like, I- it might be some deep book thing that I'm not aware of, but, yeah, it was really cool. And I'm like, she's shaping up to be... Because uh, while the Covenant are really prevalent and uh, big antagonists for the first three games, at least, um, I'm keen to see how they sort of tackle this 
uh, you know, human within the ranks sort of thing and how she can infiltrate the UNSC in a way to sort of make it a bit more interesting. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I don't think that's too much of a spoiler because like I've seen, we've seen those in the trailer. Um, but I, I'd forgotten that we'd seen those weird, like tentacly things in the trailer. Um, and for them to so be included in this episode, I was like, so apologies for spoilers. No, 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 no. I don't know what I'm saying. It's, I'm not, I don't think it is a spoiler because you do see them in the trailer. Um, but yeah, like they kind of crop back in. I was like, oh yeah, what are these things again? I guess we still don't know having watched this episode. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a cool moment too. And I'm excited to see how they explain what those things are um another thing i'm really enjoying about the show though is um the extent of master chief that we're seeing um and a little bit more this episode granted than i think we ever really bargained for um we've already spoken about the human element that again you touched on brody um really being captured in the show but shannon how are you finding the performances from the actors that we uh, we see bringing it to life yeah, I think they're all doing a really good job. I think Master Chief in particular and, and Halsey, are, they're both catching my eye. But I think the most important thing we need to talk about this episode is the Chief's bare bum. Like, could <laughs> could any people, of us say that? And we people were worried about him taking his helmet off. Exactly wow. right. <laughs> I love that it went from that to just bare ass within, bare two, within two episodes. Um, yeah. No, it's good. I love that it keeps just just surprising us and delighting us with with things like bear ass. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I uh, I love that you need to be full ass naked to pull you know an M M&M and M sized tablet out of the lower back. <laughs> They're just they paramount at giving pe- giving us what we've always wanted in the last twenty five years. Exactly. I've never but been more interested in Halo. Before we do move on, though, it's really really good to uh, have you know, the voice of Katana sort of back in this episode. Like, yeah. um, uh, her name is escaping me now. It's Jen Taylor, Jen Taylor isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's hard because they could have easily gone the other way and just had the Halsey actor, you know, play that role as well. Mm. Um, but to get her for this role, I think is a, a big get for the series. And I think she does it really well and she hasn't, she hasn't missed a beat obviously. So yeah, I, see, I love yeah. how they've like handled this whole relationship. Cause obviously when you start the halo games, like they, they already have like this existing relationship that you're coming into much later on, but to see it mm. like kind of beginning, like, I think is really quite cool. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with Halsey as well. Like she's, yeah. she's, she's very nefarious and uh, she's hiding a lot from John, which I'm keen to see come to light throughout the series. It's uh, it's, it's very good. I think the way they're juggling all these threads is, uh, you know, it's, it weighs heavy on the show sometimes where you sort of, you're like, where, where are they going with this? But mm. for the most part, I think they're juggling it all really well. Yeah, and I anticipate we're going to get back into some more action sequences kind of later into the season as well. Um, but we do just have one more episode to discuss here on the podcast. Obviously, the season continues on, uh, but we'll be back next week to discuss episode four of the Halo series. Um, but you can catch it all on Paramount Plus, streaming exclusively there now. Brody, are you yep. pleased to see Crystal Dynamics returning with a new Tomb Raider game after a disappointing foray into marvel's avengers i don't quite know how i was phrasing that question i was just trying to launch straight into it i hopefully got the gist of what i was asking you yeah so to give context they've announced that a new tomb raider game is on the way i believe yes yes thank uh, you this is co-hosting perfect right there yeah um yeah look i'm glad that that uh flop avengers game didn't sink what is otherwise a good developer um 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm keen to see where they go. I thought they'd sort of concluded the trilogy quite nicely um, after Shadow of the Tomb Raider, so not sure what they'll do. Not sure if it's necessary, but, you know, uh, I'm keen to see what they can do with Unreal Engine 5 in particular. I mean, that's that's going to be a nice leap forward in uh, aesthetics, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I've, like, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast before that I'm a big fan of these games, particularly the first two um yeah the third didn't didn't grab me in the same way but granted that you know crystal dynamics didn't own that in the same way that they did the first two games um was it, was it Eidos montreal that stepped in on that one while they were kind of working on I think so, yeah. marvel's uh, avengers as well if i got that right i'm sure someone could look it up and correct me if i'm wrong um but yeah like i i think given that they're working on unreal 4 i'm uh, sorry unreal 5 some really exciting things could happen from that too and give me more of those challenge teams so so ready for that um shannon are you hoping to see anything in particular in a new tomb raider game to be totally honest i, don't, I played the first one and i played rise i don't think i played much of shadow outside of like a few preview events that yeah. i went to for whatever reason but yeah, agree. I love. I've loved all the Tomb Raider games, like back to the PS One games and to the, the late, the latest ones. I I hope they keep it like puzzle orientated and don't go like fully open world, like we've seen with Horizon and all mm. these other games. Like I really hope they keep it story based and and focused. That's and what I, think, I was sort of going sir. No, I think with Unreal Engine Five, I was going to say I think they will lean into that cinematic gameplay rather than the more open areas that we saw them introduce in the trilogy. Mm. I'd like to see it be more because it obviously danced a line like this trilogy like they tried to do so much like Mm. they tried to be uncharted but then they also tried to have all that crafting and all that sort of stuff that sort of bogged bogged it down I hope they do move away from that sort of thing and focus more on the storytelling and and the visuals and just the fun action adventure side of it rather than yeah getting bogged down in the mechanics of it all and having to forage for fucking berries and shit to you know make it make a satchel so i can carry more arrows and shit like that's not fun to me but i can see that's an appeal for a lot of people but yeah i just feel like they just need to do uncharted like more uncharted i feel like that suits this game and the characters really well yeah and there's a void there now like we haven't had an uncharted game in what five years so Mm. there's definitely maybe even more yeah so there's definitely space for them to move into that territory. Yeah, it's funny. Like I quite enjoyed the um, I don't even know, I guess like RPG sort of elements of it too, and like running around and crafting and foraging and all that sort of stuff. Like, I quite enjoyed those in in the earlier games. Um, but just having played as much Horizon as I had in the past like couple of weeks, um, surprisingly longer game by the way than I ever really thought. It took took me like a good fifty hours to kind of get through the game. Granted, doing side missions here and there or whatever, but just having kind of played that game, like I'm not sure the idea of it doing it that again in Tomb Raider excites me terribly much. Now you've got me thinking about like a God of War esque Tomb Raider game that kind of leans really hard into the storytelling and the cinematography in terms of like stitching together all those shots and I imagine that suiting this sort of game really well and Crystal Dynamics also being able to pull that off. Um I actually like really enjoyed the the campaign in Marvel's Avengers and thought they did a really good job of kind of like bringing in all the different sort of characters. It just kind of really fell apart like when you got to the end game. Um and obviously like they really struggled to kind of expand that and support the kind of game as a service idea thereafter. Um so I'm kind of glad they've just kind of moved on from that now and are going back to what they they do so well. Um they're also working on Perfect Dark, right? So yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, 
Like I, I'm, um, I'm, this is going to be like five years away. I'm guessing. Like they're obviously mm. really. I think they're primarily doing Perfect Dark, and then they'll move on to to this. Yeah. Sorry to put everyone on the spot, but have they confirmed that this is a sequel? It's Shadow a new, of the Tomb Raider. It's Shadow of the Tomb Raider ended. The trilogy, so this is so I think effective, it's new. effectively a reboot. I think so. Yeah. Is it the same? Well, that'd be interesting. Lara Croft. I kind of hope. To, I they... hope they get. Is it Camilla Luddington? Whatever. Yeah. Name is? I thought I she was back. Anything, but yeah, they. I, they made a point of saying like Shadow of the Tomb Raider ended the trilogy, and I feel like you wouldn't make that point unless this was like a new thing altogether. Yeah, yeah. I can't see it being just uh. called Tomb Raider again though. Like it was, I think it was like 2016 or something. That <laughs> whatever happened to the sequel out. to the movie as well? They just never did. True. Else. I think that's still coming, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe well. they'll coincide now. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Excited, excited for it. Hopefully it pans out. I'm, I'm excited speaking to see of, more on Real 5. That'd be great. Speaking of video game movies. Speaking of video game movies, that's a great segue, actually. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, speaking of video game movies, I've got a rapid, quite, rapid fire question for the two of you. Shannon, are you going to see the new Sonic movie? Maybe after I see the first one. <laughs> wow. I've seen the original. I'm watch bad. Sonic. It's fucking good. Nor have yeah. I, and I hear it's really good. And wow. I've, I've had like, like, my Netflix together, watch list or something. Why don't you come oh, over? Oh, my God. Can, we, can I come over and we set up your little Samsung freestyle thing and just yeah. have like cute little backyard date? We can. Excellent. Sounds good. Brody, I take it you will be seeing Sonic 2 then. I won't go to see it at the cinemas, but <laughs> I'll... Uh... Well, well, you can it's, join it's, us and we'll do them back to back in the backyard. We'll, we'll go back to back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Uh, the first one was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm in. I love it. Uh, all right. That makes it time for What the Wiki, the Press Start podcast game show with the previous week's winner out reads the Wikipedia page from an unknown game and we, the contestants, must guess the game. The first to guess two games correctly wins around and takes home the points. And speaking of those points, last week they were awarded to James, who is now equal first with Brody on four points, myself, Kieran, and Shannon tied on a point apiece, and Harry and Stephen on nil pois. Um, seeing as we couldn't have James here today, sadly... I will step into the hosting chair for the day, which means, contestants, if you're ready, I have game number one. Let's go. The game is a 2000 role-playing video game released for the Nintendo 64 in 2000 in Japan and in 2001 worldwide. The game was later re-released on the IQ Player in 2004, the Wii Virtual Console in 2007. Brody? Brody. Uh. Is it Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask? I'm afraid it is not, Brody. Okay. Uh, the Wii Virtual Console in 2007, the Wii U Virtual Console in 2015, and via Nintendo Switch Online in 2021. In the game, Bowser Shannon, kidnaps... no. Shannon, are you withdrawing? <laughs> the Legend of Zelda... No, well, no. Ocarina of time. It's not. <laughs> no, no. I don't know why. In the game, never Bowser kidnaps Princess Peach and steals oh. the seven star spirits and the star rod to make himself invisible. Back? Are we both back? We're both uh, back. You Shannon. are both back. Yes, you've both guessed, Shannon. Paper Mario. It is Paper Mario. Well done, Shannon. Off the mark. If you guess any of the next two games correctly, you will be taking home the point today. Game number two. The game is similar to the game's predecessor, but with the addition of new mechanics. Two varieties of items have been added, including laser guns and items possessing a cryogenic elemental effect, which can be used to slow down and freeze enemies. Enemies that are frozen take increased damage from explosive melee or critical attacks and are smashed into pieces when killed. 
The game features low gravity environments, causing players to jump higher but slower, and items such as loot and dead bodies to float away. O2 kits are added to supply air while in space. Shannon. Shannon? Dead Space 2. Not Dead Space 2. Afraid not. Uh, Supply air while in space. Oxygen supplies can be replenished using generators, vents, and uh, through oxygen tanks dropped by enemies. The kits can be used like a jetpack to perform double jumps, hovering, and grand slamming attacks. As with other items, different types of O2 kits can provide stat bonuses and affect how grand slams deal damage. A new grinder machine allows players to deposit combinations of existing weapons to receive one of higher rarity. Vehicles were introduced, including a moon buggy and the stingray, a type of hoverbike. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I love Shannon, how the detail no, they went into uh, with... Shannon, am I back? Shannon, yes. That is the end of the paragraph. Nah, I was going to say Earthworm Jim 2, but I don't think it is. <laughs> the storyline of the game fe- focuses on Jack, well, an employee of the Hyperion Corporation, after the company's Helios space station is captured by a military unit known as the Lost Legion. He leads a group of four vault hunters, all of whom are non-playable characters and bosses in previous board- Brody? Borderlands games. Uh, is it Borderlands the pre-sequel? It is, Brody. Well done. I didn't, re- oh. didn't mean to read out the series title there, but helped you out. All right. You're both tied. So the, whoever guesses the next game wins the round. And I'll That's be huge. amazed if you can guess what ties these games together. It's very strenuous. The game received widespread acclaim for critics and consumers and won several awards and accolades. He praised its visual, sound, gameplay, soundtrack, and writing. It has been ranked by numerous publications as the greatest video game of all time and as the highest rated game of all time on the review aggregator Metacritic. It was commercially successful and with more than 7 million copies sold worldwide. In the United States, it received more than three times more pre-orders than any other video game at the time and was the best-selling game of 1998 in the country. Shout Oh, I just heard Shannon first. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It is yeah. The Legend of Zelda Fuck. Ocarina of Time. Well done, Shannon. Someone Love mentioned it. it earlier. Any guesses did, yeah. as to what ties so these three like games was... together? Um, what was the first one? Any guesses? Uh, Paper Mario. Borderlands the pre-sequel, The Legend of Zelda. I'll give you a clue. It's something to do with the characters and a certain blog post in which features them. Uh, according to epilogaming.com shout out to them and Marcus Carmona that wrote this article these games all feature 20 some of the 20 characters that have the best butts in gaming Ah, nice Mario Mario, uh, Jack and Link apparently all have some of the best butts in gaming would you agree Brody? Maybe not an Ocarina of Time. It's a bit blocky. I'd have <laughs> blocky, thought. blocky, yeah. Square <laughs> ass. Probably not in Paper Mario 2, actually. <laughs> no. Uh, with that, let's bring an end to what was this episode of the Press Start Podcast, brought to you today by the original live-action series Halo, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at Press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. We've been joined today by Shannon... You can follow me at shancake underscore on the Twitter. I don't know what I'm posting at the moment. Just sausage dog pictures as always. Some really good ones too, might I add? Yeah. I just have to forward them all to my girlfriend now. She just needs to see all the the sausage dog content. Also joining us today was Brody. 
Thanks. You can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. And I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye.